Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Hey guys, welcome back to Pin the Champ. It's me, your host, Jeremiah, and Song. And we are so happy to have the professor back this week. Guess who's back? Back again. Today on Pin the Champ, Song is going to lead us in a discussion about the recent WWE releases. Kyle's been watching uh, Roads to the Top, and he wants to chat with us about that. Um, In light of years of head-scratching booking by primarily WWE, I decided this week that I want to talk to you guys about wrestling's missed opportunities. And then, of course, like always, we're going to review the Monday Night Raw from way back in 1993. This time it'll be April 26. The awesome thing is, is that Song did not have to watch this episode this week because he watched it last week. (laughs) (laughs) I sure did. Yep. (laughs) He thought he hit. Did I tell you about this, Kyle, that he hit me up like uh, and was like, Fuck, what episode was I supposed to watch? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm old, man. I'm I'm at the wrong side of 40 now, so I have an excuse. Uh, honestly, though, I mean <laughs> I mean this I, I'm gonna say it now, give the, the the listeners a little preview. This is a pretty 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 good uh episode. Nice, nice. We had I, I would preview. I would say I would say it's worth watching twice. We had a little preview oh, of. I uh, did watch it twice. <laughs> songs like, and I disagree. <laughs> he said, I fucking did watch it twice. I'm really impressed that you actually watched it again to freshen your memory, man. You had watched it last week, and did you get all the way through it the first time, or? Yeah, I did. I finished it the first time, and uh, okay. Did you finish it the I, second time? I did. I did, and that's when I, last week I shot you a text. Like when I finished it, I was like, something's off here. <laughs> you were like whatever happened with the whole beverly brothers money right. they, they kind of no sold at this episode <laughs> it's because it all happened last episode so exactly. you have to watch immediately because we're going on in five four three no i'm just kidding uh but yeah uh but and of course we'll close the show with our patented Meltzer skeletal show ring uh so uh, before we get started, man, uh, of course, we always like to tell our audience that this show uh, is paired like fine wine with the actual episode. We feel like it goes better if you have watched the episode recently or if you go watch it after the podcast and see what we we're talking about. See if you agree. See if you agree with our Meltzer Skelter ratings, you know, all the whole thing, you know, just uh, enjoy the episode along with it. It works best that way. Uh, you guys been doing good this week? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, this, I worked yesterday, my word, it was, I don't know how they managed to cram eight hours of stress into four hour shift, but man, (laughs) oh man. Oh man, dude, me and your mom are actually talking this morning. Your mom is so sweet. She actually, she is. She hit me up and was, uh, I was out there, I was telling Song, I was cleaning the litter boxes this morning uh, outside, like giving them a good, like hosing down and your mom pulled up or whatever. And she came out and she, your, uh, your mom was giving you a kudos. She was saying like, we were talking about how stressful your job can be sometimes. And then she was telling me about the lady that wrote in for you after you helped her balance her budget. 
yeah 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 <laughs> I, I said that is the sweetest thing ever dude that you're such a gentleman for for doing that and that's awesome that she wrote well i mean that. i like not to give too much into my personal life on the, the podcast. oh sorry we like, can totally no 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 no, no 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 yeah. no i don't mind i don't mind that at all i just yeah you know um like one of the i'm a, i work at a bank and one of the like few good things you can do when when being uh an employee of a bank mm-hmm. one of the few things you can do that's like helpful you know and actively helpful is is setting budgets for people and and like helping them follow them and mm-hmm. and setting a plan right um, exactly this, and this she was on a budget too well yeah so this particular customer is elderly and she's on a legitimate fixed budget so she has uh you know just social security that she gets and uh until recently every month she was overdrawn about 300 bucks oh my god and so she was losing about three hundred dollars worth of like fees and, and just mm. stuff like that. And that's and Ir- huge. Erwin R. Scheister was on her back. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was calling her a tax. He was calling her a stupid tax cheating tax cheat. <laughs> you're you're awesome to, to to do that for her. I just wanted to throw that out there, man. And, but yeah, uh, wait, I don't she, under, I don't understand why you would help her. Wouldn't don't, it benefit don't the let bank song, if she keeps uh, overdrafting though. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be beneficial, but like <laughs> at the end of the day, like you want a happy customer. Well, like, I mean, like my my you bank in particular tribute. Well, yeah, well, my bank in particular, I mean, I will say is probably, uh, you know, the lesser of a couple evils in, in terms of I won't say what bank I work for because that's too much. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, 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 I feel it, it is a local bank and and being uh, local, we really care like we genuinely care more about our community i think than like you know a wells fargo does um and so the the idea being like if you're if your customers aren't doing well then your your base isn't doing well and that means you're not gonna do well like i i don't know how much i believe in in the term of like compassionate capitalism but Uh that's what they believe in and uh if there are definitely, like I said, there are definitely worse uh, financial institutions out there. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure most big banks will just keep letting it go because, you know, they can keep on getting more fees from her. Oh, absolutely. Which, like, absolutely. business-wise, is the smart thing to do. I, I mean, I I have horse. That's what Song customers. would do. Well, I that, mean, that I is what horse. Song would do. <laughs> also, don't let Song near your mom because... <laughs> <laughs> because he tries to hit on your mom he's like the ravishing rick root of friends he'll he'll pull oh down his God. pants and he'll have your your like mom your mom airbrushed on his airbrushed shorts. on his shorts it's really <laughs> fucked up anyway i digress but it is kind of it is kind of beautiful like that, <laughs> you don't really see that kind of dedication to airbrushing anymore like since malls closed i don't even know where to no we're in front of like certain I like lows think, uh chesterfield town center still have a t-shirt shop that uh, airbrush t-shirts well that's because chesterfield town center is one of the few malls that still exists. that's true that's true this is also a podcast about local richmond everything local richmond so just remember, welcome to mall talk even if you <laughs> even if you don't like pro wrestling if you're from richmond you should be listening to this podcast because we drop little knowledge bombs you know uh so having said that um to our pinheads out there first-time listeners, people who have listened more than once, people in every country who have listened. We appreciate that, and we want you to continue listening to us. You can listen to us on your favorite platform, 
We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Pandora, Podbean, and YouTube. Um, Kyle, we're gonna Yo. we're gonna hop right into it, man. Since we missed you so much last week, we're really eager to hear from you. I'm sure our pinheads are too. The world of pro wrestling, I, and I think many of our pinheads would agree, is a little bleak right now. Um, mm, somewhat. I would say the somewhat. world of WWE is bleak. The <laughs> world of the Federation is pretty bleak yeah, right now. Right. And it's so very much like Star is, Wars. It's like it, Star Wars is the Federation, and then, of course, you know, AW would be... The Rebel Alliance. The Rebel Alliance, yeah, exactly. It's, it's very much playing out that way these days. Um, so I, I have uh, I've turned my attention from the Federation <laughs> uh, to, to a little product. Um, I would say it's probably the most mm, cutting edge and faithful to the tradition of what wrestling really is, which is fooling rubes. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, I've been watching, I, and I'd love to talk to you about the first episode of, uh, road to, roads to the top. Oh, cool. So have you, have you gotten one episode in so far? Or oh, I'm, you... I'm, I'm a couple episodes in, but I kind okay. of, uh, Focus I think, I think each episode is, is pretty, <laughs> uh, I mean, each, hmm, I don't want to call it art. It's a standalone, at... it's a standalone gem. It oh deserves to be talked about until I don't know where Brandy Rhodes has been all my life, but Jesus Lord, there is there has never been anybody who is better at pretending to be real. And by better, <laughs> I mean bad. Wow. And she is just the best. Like Cody, yeah. Cody's fine. Cody does like his like, I mean, Cody's like from a, a family of you know trained performers, mm-hmm. but man. Brandy is just, just now. I'm not. I'm out. not a huge. I. I have not watched. Uh, admittedly, I've not gone back and watched a bunch of her matches. No, me is either. She yeah. A good. Is she considered a good uh, performer? Are people like? I've never heard anybody talking about. Um, about like, oh man, I can't wait to return to the ring. And it's just like, is anybody asking that? Is anybody asking for that? I I haven't heard anything about that in particular as, um, uh, as far as her being an in-ring competitor at all being like, I've never heard. I mean, I've, like, I've seen her as a manager before. She was yeah. great as a manager. Yeah, fine. She's, she's a great talker. She's got a built-in story being being the, the wife of, of Cody, yeah. of course. Um, but as far as an in-ring competitor, you don't hear like, Hey, check out that Brandy Rhodes match or anything like that. What I do want to ask you about is what's your take on like, ooh, what about that heat between her sister? Is that real heat? Uh, is that real heat? Oh, uh, Cody's sister, Cody's sister and her. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's I, I you know what? I was actually gonna say I think that might be the only real heat in this show. entire show uh, because um, it seems a little strange have such a big issue with it well, um, i'll check out a couple episodes to, yeah you, know, you should it's worth it for myself it's man it is uh the the whole jade um oh what's the other woman's name uh oh. red velvet red velvet yes mm-hmm. yeah there was there's so in the first episode there is some drama between jade and red that's velvet right velvet because, sky uh, right red no velvet. red velvet velvet oh. sky was in like the, the cake okay gotcha 
Um, so uh, Red Velvet Cake does not like <laughs> um, the fact that the Jade Empress uh, slapped her with some potatoy force. Uh, it seems like she may have potatoed her a bit, um, which, you know, Jade is new to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, she is uh, greener. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not uncommon for um new wrestlers to be put a little bit more uh, stank on their work hits mm-hmm. when they are in front of a crowd they get real jazzed up the adrenaline going and you you know sometimes throw a work punch and it's not a work punch it's a real punch and i think that may have happened but i think most of the drama is is like artificial which is a, good made a drama but, yeah uh also i will say that tony khan looks to be the most confused person in the world uh, he's always just kind of in the background like going like huh yeah huh? um and i'm just like how did you become a billionaire his dad oh that's nice so some so a couple things that i was noticing about i'm not am i interrupting no no really? no please I, talk to me talk yeah to me, a couple of things that, that, that i wanted to mention that i didn't know if you mentioned was uh was in episode one lumberjack jericho like whatever he was wearing he looked like fucking like he was dexter for halloween um was it you that was telling me like Jim Cornette was going on about how he didn't like it or whatever? And after you told me that I, I was watching it and I was like, I can distinctly point out exactly what moments. Oh my God. Cornette it's so easily. Yeah. It's so easy. You're just like, Oh, I bet he didn't like this. He did not like that. Uh, I would say that, um, that it did reignite my, uh, my wish to try to gargle whiskey at some point. Uh, they did the, the that's how you don't gargle. get sick. Yep. That- yep. Evan Nash ins- insists that the reason he never gets ne- never got sick, never got the flu on the road is, is because he would whenever they drink, they gargle the whiskey. <clears throat> and then just that the weigh in was terrible. And as the as I was watching the uh, the first episode, particularly, I made like a small list of what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, the stuff that I hated was hearing Cody sit, talk about vaginas. That was very awkward for me. Yeah, uncomfortable. Like, very uncomfortable. He did not look like he belonged talk, uh, talking about vaginas at all. Um, I didn't did... like the. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm. I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, the the moment leading the the idea that that the Cody Rhodes's promo is somehow going to change the face of racism in America. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Uh, yeah. And and so I was just. I mean, like, I get it whatever but yeah. like i thought i, I thought it, it was, was a bit much it, it was like also manufactured yeah um, that's what i mean i think it's yeah. like i think it's wonderful that you yeah. know him and his wife yeah. but i don't think that like an inner the 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 interracial child of cody rhodes and brandy rhodes is going to somehow <laughs> smooth over race religion yes, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's the jesus of I racism mean, it's one guy talking but he's just trying so hard to be like ultimate face and it's just making people hate him more and more which, right. Have if, you guys if, noticed if that goal. recently? He's been getting booed, and I think it's people are feeling like of that. I think a lot of fans feel that he he's no longer um in it for the wrestling anymore. Uh-huh. That he's trying to be more of a celebrity than he uh, actually gotcha. is. Hmm. Yeah, his intro is a, is a little much for Cody Rhodes. 
<laughs> anyway, I, I did not like to see ha- having to see more of Cody Rhodes neck tattoo. Um, uh, yeah. uh, whoever let him get that is like the dumbest person in the world. Like, it's so ugly. <laughs> whoever it's Andrade call him out on that on TV. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Watching Ricky Starks land on his neck on that first episode was terrible. Oh. I really, I really like how they explore. I'm sure that's one of the parts that Corny, Corny hated, mm-hmm. uh, where they are explaining like how what he they want to do with him moving forward because right. they've invested this, that, and the other in him. Yeah, we but want you I to think, stay on the mic. We want you to keep talking. I that. think that's yep. important for new fans and maybe more casual fans to see because, like, mm-hmm. it from a business standpoint, it shows that they care about their performers. That's true, and. It's subtle, but it's it's saying, "Hey, we take care of our people. Like, if you get injured working for us, we take yeah. care of you." Right, exactly. We're still going to try to find ways to use you. Um, and and I didn't love the showdown between. I, I had it listed as Velvet Sky, but obviously I was wrong. Sorry about that. But it was the wine showdown between Velvet Sky and Jade Cargill. Like I said like you were mentioning totally manufactured or whatever what i did love about it was getting to see more tony khan whether he's confused or not i i kind of am fascinated by him as a young wrestling entrepreneur i think he's fascinating i I love watching the fact that the two places it takes place is jacksonville and atlanta which you know i've lived in both of those places my mom lives there my sisters live there uh as much as i didn't like hearing cody talk about vaginas i also thought it was kind of funny so I kind of liked it too. It's like, oh, this is uncomfortable in a very funny way. Um, I did want to know what the fuck a champagne slam cake is. Do you know what that is? I have never heard of that yeah. outside of the context of when they're talking about it. Yeah, what like, the fuck was that? I, I, I'm sure it's like one of those like um, regional things, probably. Uh, okay. I also like was kind of cake. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised to see that Cody could say WWE on the show. Did you notice that he meant he actually mentioned WWE by name on one of the episodes? I think the first that one. was a little strange. I think it's because they're a publicly traded company. Okay, okay, yeah, it just kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, I didn't know if that was possible or not. But uh, oh, and apparently, uh, I, I did put under things that I like just because it, it's the it's the the funniest part of the drama on there i think is uh it was teal is the name of the sister the gangster sister <laughs> this just like hardcore <laughs> cody's sister uh wasn't that right teal yes yeah yeah so uh anyway yeah that that's this the notes that i had on oh wait hold on i found a champagne slam cake <laughs> okay. what is it is it just an alcoholic cake it's probably just made out of some champagne or tastes weird like champagne. You guys like champagne? I do not. So so it's like a it's like a, a sponge cake. Okay. Where they use uh champagne in the batter. Okay. To make it a little airier. Okay. As long as it doesn't taste like champagne, I'm fine, but I'm not it, a fan it's of- buttery and sweet with a hint of champagne flavor. Pink champagne cake is exactly that. You don't like champagne? What no, do you celebrate with? Oh, uh, champagne cake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, carbonated beverages. <laughs> that's what yeah, that's say. about it. Ha 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 ha. Beer, <laughs> beer. Yes. What do you celebrate with? Beer, beer. Silly. <laughs> eh, yeah. That's poor people shit. Oh well. 
I don't know. It it also tastes better than champagne, so that's all that I care. I about. like champagne. I don't it's, know it, it's it's about, it's kind of like it's kind of like how I tell Pui, like she'll put two pairs of shoes in front of me and say which pairs uh-huh. of shoes. I'll say which one is more comfortable, and I'll she'll point at them and I'll say then of course that one, you know. So I feel the same way, kind of about uh, the champagne and beer thing. It's like I'm gonna pick the one that's more comfortable. It's more tasty. You know, it's a beer. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? The champagne might be fancier and technically mm-hmm. what you're supposed to celebrate with. Right. But, but if I'm like, it doesn't well, make me want to celebrate. Then <laughs> you like can the drink the, uh, the champagne of beer. Um, no, Miller I mean, High Life. that's that's fucking horrible, too. <laughs> Guys, Brandy Rhodes has a cooking show called A Shot of Brandy. I did hear something about that. Oh my god, I need to watch that. You do need to be watching that. Oh, that guys, that'll be guys, that'll be what your the, next my, week's episode new, is going to be. New wrestling contributions are going to be watching all the reality TV shows that have spawned off of. If if Total Divas was still a show, I would watch that. Like watching the the baby shower uh, staging, I guess, of the baby shower was oh, pretty so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Mother's Day gift was pretty sweet. What was the Mother's Day gift again? It was the he did the he did the whole like uh uh the the, the boxing stuff. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, yeah, man. I'm glad you're watching it, and I don't have to. <laughs> no, it's uh, I think it I learned everything already from what you guys been discussing. <laughs> you yeah, you've got the main outline. The reason to watch is is like man, Teal at sister is like a pit bull. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, Cornette issue with the show was he feel like it was giving people a peek behind the curtain. This day and age is no longer a big deal. We know what's going on behind the curtain. We know it's scripted. So what do you think is up his ass? So, I mean, I mean, it's corny. Yeah, I I feel like anything that's like not the same pisses him off. He's an old man who's scared of change. Like, I get it. Like, I don't like change either, my guy, but like entertainment genres change and 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 like you gotta just deal with it and so like his like i think his biggest complaints are things that like you said song are things that the fed has been doing for a while now not in the sense that like aew is copying the fed but they're you know it it, the fans want to feel involved the and they're and and the content creators drive to make the fans feel like they're involved are going to be giving them more and more access. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just how it is. Like, and, and he doesn't like that because he comes from an age where the mysticism of it, what made it real was the idea that it was separate. And it was more the, than a bro- it was more of a brother know what's yeah. going on, you yeah. know, they, and that can't exist nowadays. Like, unfortunately it's just like that genie's out of the box, like because of the internet, because of in general, things like that. Mm-hmm. You can't have these secret clubs where, right. you know, uh, uh, the outsiders don't know what's going on. I mean, you can, but they're religions and things like that, you know. And and even then, uh, you can find out that, like, you know, uh, we, we're, you know, the children of Xenu. You know, like, people can still find the secrets out if they Google them. So. Yeah. Yeah. He just he I, I don't know like I understand why he's bummed about it like he's like oh my world is changing yeah the one specific it. thing he called out on his podcast was the fact that Ricky Stark was in there and being shown as friendly with Cody and Brandy and uh, but on the wrestling show 
you know, Stark's supposed to be a heel. Heel, right. So he really hated that. Um, so I guess I can see where he's coming from, but at the same time, we mm. know they're actors now. Yeah, well, happens on WWE say. all the time. Like the network does that shit all the time. Uh, that shit happens on YouTube. We live in a day and age where there's too many cameras pointing everywhere. At, I mean, at their own volition. I mean, they, at their own request, they're having these cameras pointed at themselves in times where heels and faces are talking to each other. So obviously, in a world where everything hits the Internet just as fast as it gets recorded, that shit's going to be out there, dude. It's just the world we live in. So now you wrestling, if you if you still want to have that wrestling brotherhood or that little carny uh, atmosphere, you just got to figure out how to how to take it to that next level. You got to start trolling the fucking people on the Internet and using that shit to your benefit. Like you just they just have to level up if they want that shit, you know, and figure well, out a different way to get us. You know what? I think like it's hard with AEW when you have guys like uh, what is what is his name? Uh, MFJ or MJF? MJF. MJF, who, you know, lives his gimmick, his role, his gimmick. Um and you know, so so you know, you have guys like that who don't break kayfabe still, mm. and then you have situations like this where you see it's not a oh, heels and faces aren't really a thing. Hey, if you ask me, Hacksaw Jim and, and the Iron Sheik fucked it up for everybody. With well, also, that's deal. the thing is like there's no <laughs> heel and face dressing rooms anymore, Corny. Anybody who watches wrestling knows they get dressed in the same place. Well, if these guys hate each other, how can they stand to be around each other in the same dressing room? Like, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, if they're attacking each other's parents or showing up at each other's houses and beating each other's asses, they're not going to be able to change in the same locker room. It's over. Yeah, but anyway, that's a, that's, that's a, a, I guess, kind of gets into like even a bigger you know thing that could be talked about question yeah yeah. bigger kayfabe question that we can get to in the future all right well uh for me this week uh i think it was the uh the the episode we did again with uh the dream and jay mcmain that just kind of got me uh like thinking in this direction inspired me um about wrestling's missed opportunities because we know for every hulk hogan versus ultimate warrior at wrestlemania six uh for every daniel bryan winning the you know wwe title at mania 30 uh for those great moments there's at least probably like 10 or 20 huge missed opportunities that could have made pro wrestling fans super happy and would have been just the same kind of great moments that wwe likes so much um so when I was thinking about missed opportunities, I was thinking about that they really largely, in my opinion, kind of fall into two categories, right? They're the big missed opportunities that everybody knows about, right? Uh, like the Nexus. Like, like ne- right, ne- Nexus. Hogan versus Flair at Mania 8. Or Triple H putting Booker T over at Mania 19. That oh, well, of- people like him don't win champions. Right. Champions. So, right. So there's those huge things that everybody knows about. And then the other missed opportunities category are those things that maybe only you think about that were missed opportunities. Maybe not everybody says it, but they're your own personal missed opportunities. But they're just as important because, like, dude, as wrestling fans, that's all we do is is fantasy book and dream. Yep. You know, think about dream matches. That's that's the fun of it, right? 
Um, so like, for instance, like I've never really heard anybody until this podcast, I wasn't even inspired to think it until this podcast, but the whole like ultimate warrior being paired as a villain with Luna Vachon thing that that we've talked about on several occasions. That's kind of like my, that's a personal, uh, missed opportunity that's developed that, 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 that's come to light for me. Um, so, uh, I I went ahead and looked into, uh, a couple of the things that were bigger, uh, on the, on, on the bigger side of things. And I'll go ahead and mention those now, and then I'll run down a few more that I looked up and, and, and kind of was like, yeah, that's worth talking about. And we'll just run them down and we'll talk about them if we want. But the first one I wanted to talk about was the big one that everybody knows about, which is Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8. And it's because of its scale. It, at one point, coming out of the, ni- uh, the 80s and into the early 90s, it's probably the biggest match you could, could possibly be put on. Right. I mean, because for years and years, like fans in the 80s uh, who were fans of WWF or even maybe WWF before it were, you know, fans of Hulk Hogan, while people who were down like from Atlanta, like me uh, or, you know, people just from the south in general south in general right yeah. are tuned into to tbs and it's flair country and, and right. i mean pretty much everybody talked about it who would win if it was hogan versus flair right um so you I, know what annoyed me the most about that situation no flair came that? in and he brought the nwa title with him which i thought was right. awesome because it was such a shocking moment i mean to see yeah. that title on wwf television was gold awesome belt. yeah, yeah. Awesome. my favorite belt of all times yeah absolutely. it is the most iconic wrestling belt to me the big gold belt is the imagine belt. if he had to defend it in wwe that would have been awesome i put that moment as one of like the coolest moments of wwf yep um but i was looking about hogan and flair on sports kita and according to Sports Kita, WWE, I didn't remember this as a kid. I don't know if you did, but um, WWE supposedly even announced a match. Um, they had a video up, Sports Kita did, but it was removed, kind of like uh, maybe WWF asked him to remove it or something. Yeah, copyright infringement or something. But uh, at one point, uh, supposedly, according to that Sports Kita uh, article, uh, it was even announced to be the main event. So it's like, of course, it was a no-brainer. It was perfect timing for it and everything, right? Um, so as far as why it did not happen, uh, there are a couple of schools of thought uh, to be believed. Um, the first being that, uh, you know, the fact of the matter was Hulk Hogan was leaving right after this match uh, to go on, I think, to do Hollywood and then eventually WCW. Um but Hogan supposedly did not want to lose that match at WrestleMania. So Hogan's idea was that he wanted to go out on top, right? By, mm-hmm. by, by uh, pinning Flair and leaving uh, WWE as world champion. So that's like kind of like a, a Bret Hart situation right there. Right, right? Right. Kind of the same way Bret Hart was being, uh, even before Bret Hart did it. But uh, having said that... Um, that's one story, right? That, that basically the reason it didn't happen is because a finish couldn't be had. Um, then the other school of thought is that the match, uh, that Vince was nervous that the match would not be so special. 
um, because he's, they'd already been wrestling on house shows, which I, I do remember seeing that when I used to get like the wrestling insider magazines mm-hmm. and it would have like the whole local matches listed in the back of it. I don't know if you guys remember that it would have like the matches listed that happened locally. Uh, and I remember seeing a bunch of Hogan and Flair matches it would be like Hogan defeats Flair, Hogan defeats Flair, Flair defeats Hogan by count out. You know, we just like it would talk about like what happened on the circuit or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, those are the main two schools of thought. Hogan didn't want to didn't want to take the loss going out, which is supposedly in the business what you're supposed to do. Uh, and then the other school of well, Hogan always thought he was above the business. The, the events just wasn't convinced that Ric Flair was a draw because Rick wasn't a, you know, a, a, crea- a creation, creation for a him. Creation of him. Um, I did really like what I saw. Like Sports Kita's take on this was was spot on for me. Um, they said that 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 they would have rebooked it. Uh, they would have let Hogan win the match um at wrestlemania uh with the caveat uh and that way the fans get the match at wrestlemania that everybody wants to see but then like the next night on raw they pull some tactics and flair would win the belt on the way out and i mean and that seems like it makes perfect sense to me you give the fans what they want with the caveat that that you got to drop the title the next day that way you've got mania ending with a with a face on top back in the 90s that's what they like to do you know, isn't that, that what they promised Bret Hart too? Though he said just when he was he'll drop the belt, he just didn't want to drop it in Canada. So they said, yeah, it was very similar. Drop, drop it the next night or something like that was supposed to happen. But yeah, it was very similar, but that just never, never happened. You know. Yeah. Anyway, I've never understood. Well, I guess it's I mean it's egos and mm-hmm. it's yeah the it's whole like we can't figure out a match. It's like. The match doesn't happen because we can't come to an agreement on how it's going to finish. They need to work that shit out a little better. Like, well, like, it, it, like if we can't figure it out, we need to agree to a dice toss or some shit, you know, like let's leave it to the fates. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's like, we'll let it leave it to the fates and we'll book around that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, fucking, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I had a wrestling company, I would want to give that conclusion to the fans and that satisfying match to the fans wins and losses matter, but they, you can recover from them too. You know, it's like, uh, well, yeah, I, I would say that, I mean, I honestly don't understand how the WWE is run as like a organization because it seems like it's run, not like a corporation at all, but like, mm-hmm. Like I, I have, I, I don't know. Like it just seems like it's run like, like a company by a psychopath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're far off from the truth <laughs> at this moment. Uh, like it seems like um uh, the like like uh, how the um the the nuclear power plant in The Simpsons is run, kind of. <laughs> is like he's like Mr. Burns. Ah, uh, that's good. Yeah, and right. Kevin Dunn, no, and Bruce Pritchard is his Smithers. All right. So here's my here's my next one. And then I'll run down a few that I found online. This one's more of a personal one, but I I know it's also a big one that that other people agree with. But it's one that was a a big topic for a while, but it kind of fell on the back burner. But I was thinking about it in context of our conversation of missed opportunities. Um, I mean, 
And all you really got to do is just look at the roster of WWE at any point, And you can start thinking of missed opportunities, by the way, if you just look at a wrestler, you'll be like, Oh, there was a time when he could have done this cool thing, but WWE, uh, oh, yeah, remember when? Yeah, remember when the Fed didn't didn't yeah, put didn't the, do this? Uh, yeah. I would. That's that's how I got these ideas. Some of them, and and this one was the Undertaker retiring with his streak intact. I want to make the argument for that missed opportunity. Um, so, looking at how things wound up, right, panning out, uh, I personally do not believe that the rub Brock Lesnar received from beating the Undertaker made the. Uh, the possible story of Undertaker's undefeated streak worth missing out on. In other words, I feel like agreed. Brock, Brock by his own volition was getting himself over by dominating John Cena. By Brock was already over. he was already a monster. He had conquered UFC. He's a leg, he's the most he was the most legitimate thing they had, uh, regardless of that win. And uh, so you know. Uh, I feel like other dominant wins could have been strung together without having to, to affect Undertaker's strength, uh, his, his streak, rather. Now, as far as his other loss, because he has two mania losses, well, the other one's to Roman Reigns. This one's easier to dispute because at this point, if I remember correctly, the match was kind of snake-bitten from the very beginning because Undertaker didn't feel like he was in shape for the match. So it did not make Roman Reigns look any better by beating a weakened a uh, uh, horrible looking oh, undertaker man. who already lost at WrestleMania Reigns didn't give him his first loss. He did nope. something that had been done before and he did it to a weakened undertaker. So I don't feel like Roman Reigns really looked any better for, for beating the undertaker. It should have been Finn Balor. It should have been Finn Balor as the demon. They should have yeah. handed it to the D they, they, they could have passed the torch. Right. Of or, the, or at one point, Bray. Bray would have been the other choice. For Bray that. was fine. I think the demon was like, the, I think the great thing about the demon is it's one of those characters that only comes out when you need it and falls you know? off the top turnbuckle. His dick was too big. I knew, I knew I could make you mad with that one sentence. <laughs> Such a fucking stupid thing. God, <laughs> fucking idiots. The top rope, man. It's, it's this is a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so the story honestly about yeah. that let me just add to that jeremiah i think if yeah. they would have like let undertaker beat lesnar it would have mm. like i think it would have done more for um undertaker wrestlemania legacy yeah exactly beat lesnar then it would you know like help yep. lesnar career out by beating taker that point yeah, in time it, would, it wouldn't have hurt brock to yeah. lose. right Right. So the only story that wound up happening here was Lesnar and Reigns are good enough to beat Undertaker streak. And this was all at the expense of 20 something years of worth of matches. Uh, so I don't feel like that the 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 outcome uh, made for it. So I feel like uh, a missed opportunity is. Uh, Undertaker streak. And, you know, guys, I, I also wanted to mention this. Uh, I've been watching Marvel's What Ifs a lot lately. And uh, I don't know if you guys have watched that yet, but I really yeah. am enjoying it's that show. Yeah, it's really cool. Like um, it. So I have a cool What If scenario. So what if the Undertaker's streak was still intact? So to me, I think a better story than what happened would be once Undertaker retired with those cool um, little you know WWE Network specials that he did outlining his career, 
WWE could announce the Undertaker streak match every year at WrestleMania. Kind of like King of the Ring, they could have qualifiers to see which two superstars will qualify for that match at Mania. And if at Mania, when they fight, whoever wins gets placed into the following year's Mania match with a goal each year, winning and eventually defeating the Undertaker streak. Maybe they get another prize as well, but you've turned that into a, like a thing that can be done every year and like a whole thing that could be positioned and take Undertaker's level or like legacy to a whole new level and pass it on to, to like generations. That. You know what I mean? In that scenario, we would have a compelling match each year at Mania, and we have the legacy of Undertaker intact completely. Um, so I'll ask you guys now. Do you guys feel like Roman, Re uh, and I already kind of know, I mean, just by y'all's responses, do you guys and our pinheads at home, do you feel like Roman, Re uh, Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar's career trajectory or path would be any different today without that win? Of course not. I mean, there's no. still Roman will still be Roman and Brock will still be the monster that he is. Right. Okay. Yeah. You, you, it's across the board as far as us, uh, us pin the champ hosts go. We'd love to hear from our pin heads. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, like a different opinion. I want somebody to tell me why yeah, they're like, it's integral to his career. <laughs> exactly. So other huge opportunities in my head and online, if you want to speak to him, just stop me. Um, but like I was saying before, all you need to do is look at the roster and you'll start thinking of these. Uh, Damian Sandow's money in the bank loss. And Damian Sandow in general. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz feud for WWE title after all of their promos. Their real life issue with each other too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, real heat. As far that, as we know. Yeah. The, the moment on Talking Smack where he goes yep. like, yeah, he, he's like he's like, well, you know what, Daniel, you're incredible. You're the best, right? You're the greatest. Mm -hmm. But guess what? I'm still working. I love it. I love. I it. fucking. I became I, a Miz fan, and I already loved Miz. I loved him as a world champion. That, mm, yeah, and oh, uh, other stuff. Kofi Kingston's title match against Lesnar. Come on, man. Uh, I mean, okay, sure. If you're gonna take the title off of Kofi Kingston against Lesnar, I for the story ahead. I forget what the story ahead was. They wanted to put it back on Lesnar so he could fight Reigns or something. But did you have to make Kofi lose in like 10 seconds? There was a huge opportunity here. We've seen the matches that AJ Styles can put on against Lesnar. We've seen the matches that Daniel Bryan can put on against uh, Lesnar. We had the magic of Kofi mania happen end with a horrible loss in 15 seconds to Lesnar. To me, huge missed opportunity have him go out if he's gonna go out with a with a tremendous match to seal off a, a, a like a miracle mile championship that you know rain that should have never happened to me that was a huge uh, missed opportunity braun Strowman not winning the wwe title against brock lesnar at no mercy 2000 you could have just left it at braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> man uh, i i just want to go back to the miz and daniel bryan real quick i god that was like when I was getting back into wrestling. And that was one of those moments that I was just like, oh, shit, this guy is because like. If I was the Miz and people were like, oh, he works safe. Fuck you. You're right. Damn right. I work safe. You're damn right. I work safe. Yeah, right. 
Like he's like, I have a beautiful wife and a what's, child. What's the problem? What's the with fucking that? problem. Yeah. No, I uh uh like the, one of those moments where the heel is like completely justified in being a heel, and you're just like, ooh, <laughs> why are we booing ooh, this guy? Yes, give me more of that. Give me more of that. Yep. Um, let's see. I've got a couple others too. Shaq versus Big Show at Mania, as far as like uh, <laughs> you don't agree with that right now. <laughs> Come yeah, on, and also and also Song Carl just... Malone and DDP versus <laughs> Hogan, uh, and Rodman. Hogan and Rodman. <laughs> so okay, admittedly, I saw Shaq versus Big Show is is one on the internet, but they they made the argument that as far as celebrity appearances go, like Shaq versus Big Show could have been entertaining. Um, we'll move know. on from that because you Shaq guys can't a... move at all, dude. Oh, anyway, he just lingers around mm-hmm. like a fucking frankenstein monster so does the big show yeah so it would have been a really cool match so it would have been a very slow jason versus michael myers man uh also putting rhea ripley over at mania 36 against charlotte flair another big missed opportunity uh the fiends world title run losing against goldberg that was a horrible horrible missed opportunity was the fiends world title run uh, the breakup of the Wyatt family. The breakup of the Wyatt family that comes to mind. Sting versus Taker. Sting's whole WWE run, right? DDP's yeah. run in the WWE. Uh, I got a huge one for you. WCW the invasion. Diamond Cutter. Yep. The WCW invasion angle. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, God, I mean, I, I, I know we're not covering new ground on this one, yeah. but like the invasion angle could have been done a million better different ways. Yeah, that's another huge one that's on the list. Uh, next one, another huge one on the list, and one that you mentioned, the Nexus. That whole angle was, I mean, uh, I remember it being one of the more memorable moments of my recent wrestling history when they came in. And ripped the ring apart and just ripped everybody apart. It felt really cool. And, and Daniel, uh, Brian Daniels had got himself fired. Choking <laughs> <laughs> a guy with a tie, right? <laughs> talk about a talk about a a, a, a a career that like, what if he never got hired back? Jesus Christ. Like what a, what a, what a missed opportunity that wasn't. Thank God they, uh, they brought him back. I, I think they realized how talented the guy was. He wasn't exactly, be, you know, this is crazy. Um, just a little bit more modern. Um, both uh, Justin Roberts and you know uh, Brian Danielson are in AEW now, so yeah, they still kind of huge... they still kind of joke around about that uh, tie situation. Um, there's there's a video on YouTube. You know how after each show they send a couple wrestlers out there to send the fans home happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Danielson called Roberts into the ring and started like messing with his tie. Yeah, he started messing That's with his tie. Funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You guys, if you guys have a chance, uh, you should look up that clip. Uh, we definitely, I definitely will. Yeah. You, uh, try- what is the Miz doing currently? Uh, he was on Dancing, Dancing with, with the, the stars, stars, but he just got released off of it. Oh, and that that that's I'm not going to get too much into it because that will take from what song is going to be talking about. Uh, but uh, but Linda or uh, not Linda? Oh my God, Linda McMahon. Linda Steph- McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie McMahon. On the same day that they had those releases started the uh, earnings call by saying we've had a bad day here at, at uh, WWE. The Miz has uh, gotten kicked off of uh, Dancing with the Stars and will return Fuck soon. Her, man. On the same day. 
that they had to release is how tone deaf. And anyway, right. I digress. I don't want to get into that yet because that's going to be your, your whole thing and we'll come back to it. But uh, I've got a couple of others here I'll touch on. Uh, Braun Breaker, uh, he, you know, why not acknowledge who he is, right? He's a Steiner. And this is a WWE problem in general of trying to rebrand, uh, rebrand you know, uh, just rebrand talent right like 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 second and third generation right we we don't acknowledge them right so this is a missed opportunity every time this happens because you're not acknowledging the history of wrestling which is what people love about wrestling Um, i i was actually talking to our to our friend kevin about this um braun breaker guy um recently Mm-hmm. And he mentioned something about how the WWE want to keep everybody's uh, copyright, you know. So if they mm-hmm. get, call him a Steiner, he leaves the company. He can still be a Steiner. And I mean, that's what over it, man. Yeah, like, I'm not saying that's the right thing to yeah. do. I'm just saying that's probably what they're and, and they're like backward ways of thinking. That's how they see it. No, definitely. I've heard the same exact thing. And I just think it's crazy. Um, I also feel like. Maybe not so much now, but a couple of years back, there was uh, it seemed like every tag team had like three people in it. The New Day, uh, you know, Shield. Yeah, Shield, the Wyatts. Uh, I feel like there was a big opportunity to introduce a trios title in the WWE at one point. I would have been so much fun. Um, Yeah. The internet mentioned heel John Cena, huge missed opportunity. For me, this one could still happen, right? Like, there's always the potential that John Cena could pull a Hogan and come back for one more run and win his like last title as a heel. I think that would make it for a tremendous story, right? Like, that'd be like that's a missed opportunity that could still happen. Yeah, he's pretty good at playing a bad guy in the Suicide Squad. Exactly. So he's learning in Hollywood. Yeah, how to, yeah. How to do this. I could definitely um, see a heel Cena. Yeah. So I'll ask you song, man. Um, what would you say off the top of your head, other than what you might've mentioned now would be, you know, like a biggest myth, missed opportunity in your opinion. Well, you were just talking about the trio. Um, I don't know how they never had a new day versus Wyatt versus shield match. They never had that. No, they had shield versus Wyatt. And then, Shield versus New Day, but never in Ooh. like a uh, triple threat tag team match. That almost seems like it should have happened so much that I can't believe it didn't happen. You know what I'm I saying? Don't like, belie- I don't believe it had. I could be wrong, though, but if see. it didn't, and it should, it's, that's a huge miss. That would be so my cool. Book. And if it did happen, we're, we're going to fucking check it out. Well, together. if it did happen, we didn't, rem- it wasn't memorable then. Well, let's see. I'm looking at a. Let's see. I don't. I think you might be right because I'm looking at a YouTube video that says it right now. But I think the I think the YouTube video might be thinking might be like talking about what if it happened or something. Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing like match footage so far. Right. And then another missed opportunity, I think, is going back to something I got incorrect last couple episode ago was Edge and Undertaker. They did oh, yeah. fight, but I wanted to happen when Edge and Undertaker were undefeated Mania at the same time. I think they missed oh. an opportunity there. Yeah, that would be sweet. Yeah, because at one point in his career, I think Edge was nine and zero going up against going into uh, WrestleMania. 
yeah i think you might be right that this never happened um because the one that i'm watching is like them doing it on like 2k19 or something like that oh but, yeah that's hey, them playing their own scenario out <laughs> pinheads if this uh if this match ever happened even if on the house circuit and you guys knew about it drop us a line and let us know um, house circuit don't count house circuit is not is not <laughs> not uh what is it not canon yeah not canon <laughs> hilarious man all right man well uh that's it for me man i just wanted to kind of get that out of my body and purge it from my body yeah, man. because no, to me i can't live with this shit and as you notice mostly it's all wwe moments right it's like right. so many missed opportunities i can't really think of any huge missed opportunities with aew yet um but too I young mean, company and, and two i was about to say to wwe's defense there was a large amount of time that they were like the only show in town you know so all those moments you're gonna love or hate mostly from there unless you were like just watching independent wrestling what's up with you man we we know that you wanted to chat with us about something that's been super sad for any wrestling fan who cares about the wrestlers that are performing for them week in and week out yeah man so thursday i was just um you know sitting at home catching up on aew dynamite around like uh eight o'clock or so twitter started blowing up i was like what is going on because you keep on getting this notification on your phone it's like oh, WWE has a new set of release. So I was like, oh, might just be like, so I'll just go ahead and take a look at this. And then uh, I got online, went to uh, sportingnews.com. They gave a list of all the wrestler that was released that day. Um, so I'll go over this list with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Keith Lee, mm-hmm. Karrion Cross, Nia Jax, Ember Moon, Ava Marie, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, Jeet Rama, Katrina Cortez, Trey Baxter, Zeta mm-hmm. Ramir, Jesse Camilla, B. Fab, Oni Lorkin, mm-hmm. Frankie Monet, and Scarlett Bordeaux. So uh, the three, the first three names that jumped out at me was Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, and Nia Jackson. And then, you know, Ember Moon had a lot of success in nxt so i was shocked with that one too i was shocked with bfab as well um, yeah bfab just got called up to um uh, smackdown with the rest of the whole uh, hit row crew that that was surprising i mean exactly she is, she is green in the ring but <clears throat> i thought they had faith in her if they're gonna put her with that group well it just seems like that you you just debut these guys, right? You just have vignettes. You just debut them as this group. You know, give them a chance. You know, see how it I works agree. out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Stick to your guns. You had a plan. See the plan through. If you, if it, you know, and we don't know. We, we are only speculating about, you know, whether she's green or not. We don't know the reason why she got released. We do know, of course, you'll probably mention as well that some of these releases are thought to have been COVID related or yeah, uh, vaccination to, related. But uh, yeah, to speak on that, um, it's uh, Nia Jax was the biggest name that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Post has stated um, through a uh, source knowledge um, with knowledge of WWE um, operation told the uh, Post that one of the reasons Nia Jax was released was because she was unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. But she has taken to Instagram to deny all that. Um, she said, 
on her Instagram post. I usually keep my personalized personal life private, but yesterday reports leave me with no option but to clarify matters. I recently took a short leave of absence from WWE for mental health break. I've been working through so much more than I can share, and so I took some time with the full support of the company to take care of myself. Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15th show, I asked for an extension to my mental health break, feeling that I needed more time and hoping I would have ongoing support from the company I have given my all to for the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I heard, I was being released. My vaccination status was never mentioned. I was never given any choices or options. So that's what she has to say about that. Okay. I don't know. I, I didn't you know, know about that part. I had heard that, that there were a couple of... Uh, of the released wrestlers that posted some things, but I, and I'm, right. I'm interested to hear what you what you said about that because I hadn't heard about that yet. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the post report it was her and four others were released for unvaccinated for being unvaccinated, but so far Nia Jax is the only one that I've seen that come out and straight up deny that report. Mm-hmm. I don't know about they didn't mention who the other four were, so I don't know. We don't know yet. I'm sure more will come to light as, you know. This more more of the uh, story comes out. Yeah, for for me, for BFAB and for Carrying Cross, too early. And well, and Scarlet too, right? Because no, let's go ahead and add it. Bearcat, you know the whole the whole thing. I mean, you just changed his packaging and everything. All these guys that were at the top of this list, too early. You haven't seen what you're trying to do with them through. You know, let's. Yeah. Let's hold on to it. You you just said that you uh, you just got off an earning call where you said that you had uh, better than expected earnings, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but the, uh, to speak on that, Sport Illustrated reported that talents were actually told they were being released strictly for budget cut. But you mm-hmm. just said the earning report came out and they like they were at two hundred fifty five point eight million in revenue just for that quarter. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. You know. You know what I'm saying? It's like you. Number one, you're not allowing the talent to work with the gimmick that you've given them, and number two, you're not allowing the fans that tune into your show and expect for things to make some sort of sense. You're not giving it time to see that story through. Now, you're gonna show up. You know, I haven't even watched this Friday SmackDown or what. I guess the next time I watch SmackDown and see Hit Row without BFAB you haven't given me a time and you're probably not even going to bother giving me an explanation as to why she's not there anymore. Nope. Uh, you know, and same thing like Bearcat Lee, you know, which I, I heard don't him, think he liked that. He, he that's what like I've heard. That. I've heard him reports that he didn't like that, but, but whatever, he was working with it. Maybe right. if you gave him TV time, you allow him to be the monster. He or the monster. He is whether he's heel or face, whatever. I think you would make well, a good heel, but this uh, is what I, I take from it that, you know, Karrion Cross, I'm I'm not a huge fan of him, but mm-hmm. he he got it done and he got over in NXT. Right. You bring him to the main roster, you took away everything, everything that made him what he was in and NXT. And you added two stupid and you put things. A, yeah, and then you put a gimp mask on him and send him out there. And, the you know, you had him lose to Jeff Hardy right, right away also. Right. Which kind of make him, like, not legit anymore in the eyes of the fans. Right. And then yep. he he doesn't get over, and 
it's not on him. You guys saddle him with something that was never going to work. <laughs> you set him up to fail him. from the get-go. <laughs> yep. And they're going to probably say, like, oh, he wasn't over, so let's just get rid of him. Ridiculous. And totally the same, ridiculous. Yeah, the same for Keith Lee, man. The guy was a double champion at NXT. He was a – people were basking in his glory, you know, and mm-hmm. then come up to the main roster. There was some – there was some shimmer of a hope for him because mm-hmm. he, they had him face off with Roman Reigns in the Royal Rumble, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. You reminded me of the Baskin is glory, and it reminds me, it brings me back to the same thing that he did with glorious Robert Roode. Like yeah. when they brought him to the main roster from NXT, totally over, and then they saddle him with a stupid face gimmick thing. And, you know, luckily he's still with the company. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been released, you know. Like, he must be a good company man or something. I'm shocked too how long mm-hmm. he's been able to stick around. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but um, Mick Foley posted something on his Facebook that I think it's um, that I'd like to share. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Mick Foley. I I always value his opinion. Hardcore legend and all. He posted, um, "Quote: um, Baffling. It's never pleasant to hear that people have been released from their contract in the WWE." But some of yesterday released this are downright baffling. I believe there is a silver lining in that there has never been a better time to be a wrestler with so many different opportunities out there, except for Ring of Honor. That's no longer out there. Right, that's true. <laughs> but moving on, in the case of Karrion Cross, it does not take a genius to see that he will be reunited with Scarlett and instantly become one of the hottest duo in the business. Ultimately, WWE is supposed to make the people they hire more interesting, not less. But does anyone think Keith Bearcat Lee was more interesting than the <laughs> Keith Lee we saw in NXT or on the independent scenes for that matter? Mm-hmm. I thought Mia Yim was a better developed and more effective character as Jade in TNA than she was in NXT or WWE. Mm-hmm. Who exactly looked exactly who exactly looked at Taya Valkyrie? and thought she needed a name change or a <laughs> dramatic shift in um, character either. Mm. Anyway, I'm really wishing the very best for everyone who suddenly mm. and in many cases surprisingly found themselves out of work yesterday. Some things just don't make sense. And, you know, basically, I think Mick Foley summarized, I think, what we're all feeling about the releases. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way. I mean, and, and of course, Mick Foley's probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame for a while. Or is he? Already, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is he? I don't, I don't think he's think a Hall so. of Famer yet. No. Yeah, it's going to take him a while to get back there with these these comments he makes. But I love that about him. He's yeah, never he's never, he's never had a problem just speaking his mind, speaking his mind about it. And it's very often exactly what we're thinking because it's because he's they do more it to in themselves. tune to like yeah, he's more in tune to like what the fans are thinking than what the uh, company is thinking yeah because he, he has a more good of a fan today yeah 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 he got a good finger on the heartbeat of the fan base mm-hmm. yeah well i mean without getting into a diatribe of of capitalism that's kind of one of the reasons i've kept my mouth shut during all of this is is in, in general i think this is a i mean when you are trying to run a business for profit like this uh the idea is the best way to make more profit is to have less people to pay. Mm. And, and, you know, that's, I mean, that's what happens. Is it shitty? It is absolutely shitty. Um, I worry that that AEW is going to get like talent drunk. Mm. 
um, end up like WWE, like because they are starting. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there's like three or four WWE uh, recent employees <laughs> in the ring. I mean that, like, I don't, I don't even do consider that anymore because, like, if you think about it, like they're wrestlers. Like everybody's going to be employed from for somewhere. One or the other. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But like buying up all the talent the wwe let's go of mm-hmm. no don't get into that don't get into that because that's that's that could be part of their plan i mean it could be all strategic in that we'll overfeed them till they pop and then when they pop we'll just gather up all of our old talent at half the rate that's a uh, genius but i don't think uh <laughs> man is that smart he's losing it yeah but I don't yeah. know. I I didn't even realize Harry Smith was with the WWE still. Well, you know, he I was he was he with One still. Direction. <laughs> he was that's Styles. Isn't uh, he the watermelon sugar guy? Harry that's Smith. Harry Styles. That's I don't funny. know the difference. <laughs> Harry Smith so, was David Boy Smith. Kid. Right. No, he actually wasn't uh, WWE. They had just rehired him and he hadn't even been on TV yet. Obviously, he didn't need developmental. He's been like a tag team champion, right. you know, but but he recent, I think he started talking to uh, WWE again because wasn't the last round of Hall of Famers his dad? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's he started. You know, he did the induction speech, the induction speech for his dad, and I think he started uh, opening up talks with him again, and eventually got. He rehired. did a freestyle for Vince McMahon in the subway, and he was like, "Oh, I like this guy. He'll be <laughs> good for the hip hop." What, what, what was his name the first time he was? In the W H D something or it just gave him an initial, I think. I <laughs> uh, forget. Yeah. You know, that's that's my old ass, but I know what you're talking oh. about. He was I mean, with like uh Dynamite or not Dynamite Kid, Tyson Kid. Tyson Kid, yeah. He's with Tyson Kid. At any of these releases you think would be I mean I mean, I know you guys say you don't want AEW to just get overflow with former wwe talents but any of these uh names you actually do want to see in AEW? well i want to see wyatt i want to see wyatt there because that's from the last round but this round wise i agree i would love to see keith lee there um i think keith lee should have been in aew from the beginning i think he was kind of wasted in a in uh wwe i think his kind of size on the main roster though you mean i mean he was doing great in In NXT. nxt he was great because he was yeah, it, it's more niche. But how long do you think it'll be before AEW starts their own NXT? <laughs> I think it, a, a little bit of time. I think right now, kind of like Dark Dynamite, Dark on YouTube is kind of on like YouTube. Their, mm-hmm. It's kind of like their NXT proving ground. It's, it's like mm-hmm. the proving ground or whatever the case it is. They kind of have it, but it's not like official. But it's like their I, their jobbers. Kinda. I would like to see Ember Moon in AEW. I think she can really make the uh, women division there yep. like pop. Yeah, that's that's one thing is like they should gobble up all the female talent because their their women's yes. divisions like meh, and they just let go of a couple really great women, including Ember Moon. Yep, and also I think Ember Moon is one of fit. those one of those talents that's great both inside and outside the ring. She's got a lot of personality mm-hmm. outside the ring that makes her really entertaining. Um, I don't really care for Karrion Cross to show up on AEW. I don't like Karrion Cross either. I think we're all right. Karrion Cross is like just kind of dumb and lame, and I don't really care for his gimmick or his talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's the main ones. Keith, Keith Lee, Ember Moon. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be mad. Like, I think Kyle's right. They couldn't hurt picking up Mia Yim. You know what I mean? Uh, add to their women's roster. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. I want Bray Wyatt from the last round of releases to get higher there. And I want Kevin Owens from the next, the next round of releases to, to go there. Do you think Kevin With Owens is going to release, or he's just no. going to sign a contract? No, he's I don't just not going to sign a contract, right? Sign again. Yeah. I'm just saying these are the people that I really want to see go to AEW. With Keith Lee, were they trying to do some sort of like Ernie Ladd type gimmick with him? Was that well? What the Bearcat there was an old was? school Bearcat, yeah, and that's the old cat, uh, the old Ernie Ladd. So I think they were trying to re, like, gift because Ernie Ladd was the big cat, right? The big, the cat, big cat, yeah, right. I think they were. Trying what is to a bear? Is there? Is there a an bear animal cats? that's a bear cat? There's an animal called a, really? a bear cat. Yeah. Is it so. like a cross between a bear and a cat? Uh, I would imagine. It, it's a hybrid. Of, it's not literally one. They start splicing genes. No, it's not literally one, but it's uh, if you look it up, island, it's like a, island of Dr. Moreau. It, it says, <laughs> I don't I might be killing this, but it's called a binturong. Binturong. The binturong You're always wrong. is also known as bear cat. It's a uh, native to South and Southeast Asia. Uh, yeah. So it's it's definitely real, but it, it doesn't look like Keith Lee. So it's native to Asia, Southeast, Southeast. Asia, and they gave it to a black guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Here we go. Song. I think this is one of those few instances where you can absolutely openly critique this <laughs> Some's like, huh? Southeast Asian, huh? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Finally, why, he's like, why was it that? Why can't I be Bearcat Lee? <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know how often Southeast Asian come up in wrestling? Not often. He's like, not how, often at all. How good does Bearcat song sound? <laughs> oh, Bearcat song does sound cool. Oh man, oh, Lord. What else you got on this? These releases, man. That's about it for me, man. I was just wanted to mention like some of the stuff like um, fucking bummer. Holy said shit like that. It is huh? a bummer. It's always sad when somebody. I mean, there, and then the thing is, is like there's there's a few of them that I don't really think were I worry for. It's like the fucking Harry Harry Reeds or whatever he called them. Like I don't even know who the fuck that is. Right. Well, and, you know, well, like we, that's like we were dream, just right? talking. There's less now. There's um one less company these guys can go to with ring of honor shutting down yeah, what, what dollars fair. to donuts how quickly is is the fed gonna buy their video catalog uh, I ring know. of honor i, I have yeah. no clue i hope it's soon i mean I it was like how many million it was just like yeah. 1.4 we could almost do it <laughs> didn't i text you guys that how much yeah, do you i think, think you did i think you were like <laughs> i was like I, we, I mean can we can well, we get a loan and well this went off the rail quick mm-hmm yeah and we haven't uh, even started talking about the episode yet <laughs> so yeah to our pinheads out there what made you love wrestling this week if it was nothing what made you hate it for me it was the releases uh hit us up if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to hear us talk about or if you just want to vent or just want to talk to us or just say hey you know we love to hear from you we have our facebook page page pin the champ excuse me uh and we'd love to hear your voice you can also call us on our google voice number which is 804-446-1139 again that number is 
1139. It's like uh, the old Mean Gene uh, uh, wrestling uh, hotline. This is our <laughs> version of that. Uh, it's only 99 cents per minute. Make sure you ask your parents. <laughs> That's hilarious, but it's not. It's totally free. So give us a call. We will not charge you. We will not come to your, we will not come to your house. Jeremiah was so quick with the. That's real funny, but it's actually free. Completely free. Please call us. Please, exactly. please just call us. All that I need is the one person that would have called us to be like, well, nope, I'm not paying for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> What's our one fan's name? Kevin Pierpont? <laughs> yeah. He was going to give us a call, but you fucked it up, Kyle. Yeah, he was like, oh. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to pay 99 cents. He's like, I, I do enough do like these, these bozos guys. by yeah. listening to I the come show. come up with their ideas and everything. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, again, our Facebook page is Pin the Champ Podcast. Uh, and again, 804-446-1139. Thank you so much, Kyle. We will go ahead now and get into our episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, this Monday Night Raw, uh, again... Uh, is the raw from April 26, 1993. Uh, I'll start off the conversation with just some of the miscellaneous stuff or, or noteworthy commentary type stuff that happened uh, during the course of this episode. Uh, of course, this week uh, it was Heenan, Macho Man, and Vince McMahon. That was our, uh, our, 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 our panel uh, of commentators this week. Uh, I felt like the crowd in New York this week was was pretty lively. I liked them a lot. Yeah. Hot crowd. Yeah. Did you guys notice uh, Bruce Pritchard sitting off to the side of commentary chewing gum? He was like the fourth man that never talked. I I mean, yes, he's, I saw he's the, always I in the background. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, for you know, aside from that, though, the very first thing that we'll get into talking about uh, is something that you guys have been rearing to talk about the whole time. It's been it's come up several times so far. Uh, the There's No Hope with Dope, the poem by Jasmine oh. McNeil and The Undertaker that took place during this episode. And by the way, guys, it's dark uh, in here. I can hear everyone crying. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, got really curious and I looked her up on Facebook, which ended up being uh, Funny enough, one of the two uh, uh, cup. Well, one was a couple, so technically three people that I looked up on Facebook as a result of watching this episode. But uh, I, I wanted to look up Jasmine McNeil to see if I could find her or anything. And I, I swear to God, I mean, I, I sat there with the, the the remote on pause and like compared the face on Facebook to the little girl on the screen. and was like, I'm pretty sure that's her, but I couldn't friend request her. So I don't know if I'm like the, the 90,000th nerd to try to hit her up and be like, what was it like uh, hanging out with the undertaker? Is, but, is he uh, really dead in real life? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I'll have to send you guys a screenshot of the, the girl that I think is her. I don't know. Maybe her settings won't allow me to reach out to her. Maybe that's by design. Jasmine, uh, I've always been wondering, is he an undead undertaker or is he an undertaker who has lost his mind and believes that he is undead? <laughs> also, um, the other uh, bit of people that I looked up on Facebook, uh, Bobby Heenan, during this episode, he talks about the couple uh, during this episode uh, who planned. Bobby on Heenan's on Facebook? No, 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 no. He's not on Facebook. <laughs> but Bobby Heenan... He, on this episode, he talks about <laughs> he talks about the couple who are proposing. At one point, he calls him Sauce Lips, uh, says she's the one with the beard, and calls her Chuck. 
at one point, at one point, they do this awesome screenshot where it's got <laughs> two ladies picture. Uh, two ladies are in the screen, and and Vince McMahon says, "Which one is her?" And Bobby Heenan says, "Both of them. She's two headed." <laughs> my, my, I think my favorite moment was the little heart shaped like. Oh yeah, uh, I was just about thing. to say yeah. And then and then like she, they're both got their backs turned, and he notices that there's a camera. And yeah. then he turns around to look and he's like, oh, no, no, they must be looking at us. And he tells yeah. his girlfriend, he's like, turn around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I was thinking, man, to have Bobby Heenan involved in your proposal. What a memory to have. Like, how classic is that? Um, but yeah, like I said, dude, I Facebook stalked those guys as well. Pretty sure I found them. They looked exactly the same. I also couldn't message them. So this further makes me feel like that by design they have their setting on can't be friended because yeah they don't want crazy that they don't want the wrestling with the stopping them too like their contracts have been renewed it's crazy (laughs) jasmine mcneil has had a contract with the wwe since she hasn't been and they've released when was her last match i ask you (laughs) hilarious um but yeah man uh also i was wondering why, when that dude proposed to the girl, why was it the Jeopardy theme what they played? <laughs> Did you notice that? They played the Jeopardy theme. Yeah, it's a Jeopardy for the guys. It's always, you know. Is, yeah, that, what they were, is that what they were implying? Insinuating. I, yeah. I think it totally was. That's the only thing that I could think of is that they were insinuating. Oh, fellas, you know, that the you know, fella you is know what it's Jeopardy. like you made when you a have mistake. that partner for life who loves you regardless of who you are. <laughs> oh, what a dumb thing you've done. No more, it is no more having to. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't believe in marriage great. at all. It is great. To all the single guys out there. All the single guys. coming from you being married too long. You don't remember what it's like being single. Also, I I can't help but notice that there's a bottle of Jack Daniels on Song's bedside table or some sort of liquor in the background. Uh, You see how sad he is. sitting in his room drinking, talking to us alone. He's like, look, I've got kids and I'm married. He's don't understand. There's a lock. There's like a lock on the outside of the door. He's been in there for weeks. You see, like if we pan over, you can you can see like the kids like trying to reach under. Like you can see that you can see his lunch bit that slid under the door. Yeah. Uh, his, his wife lets him out once a week. Also noteworthy on this episode. <laughs> getting back to to the episode, and uh, we will give not the context song. of the yeah. contents of songs. <laughs> songs like okay, Mister Guy who has got like three guns out on his table. <laughs> exactly. Uh, noteworthy on this episode, they previewed King of the Ring pay per view coming up on June thirteenth. So we know that we have another pay per view yes. coming up. Excited for that too, because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when King of the Ring was awesome and and this at least interesting me, right and then they reminded me that reminded me that that was my last conversation when you weren't on the show last week that was my uh my conversation you'll have to listen to last week's show or the last show kyle because i had uh, kind of gone over some king of the ring facts pretty st- fascinating stuff um so anyway they mentioned qualifying matches doink versus mr perfect and lex luger versus bob Backlund for the king of the ring pay-per-view uh also cool was uh Bobby the Brain Heenan watching the Braves game and Sir Mix a lot during the show. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. remember he was like uh, doing the channel surfing and at one point he was trying to pick up uh the dirty channels 
<laughs> oh, he was trying to get the one nine hundred channels. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. That, yeah. Like I, oh, are, I I'm sure. I'm sure. Kids, if you're born before, uh, uh, or after the year two thousand, it wasn't a thing. But it like, wasn't a thing. But, but back in like the adolescence, like there was the Spice Channel and the Playboy Channel, <laughs> and like now it's just like. At their now you just, to, like, yeah, I was gonna say you just go onto your phone or computer yeah. or whatever. Don't tell them all the steps, okay, Kyle? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. just have to try to like <laughs> guys, guys, you just drift on over to Pornhub. I, I love I love the idea that like teenage boys are listening to this to learn how to like fight porn. Please. They're just like, guys, you wouldn't believe this. I was listening to my favorite wrestling podcast, <laughs> In the Champ. You, you mean the one with three adults who talk about wrestling? Yeah, it's my favorite. Anyway, they were talking about <laughs> pornography and how to find it. Apparently, you can get pornography on your phone or computer by going to pornography websites. Really? Yeah, I would never have found out if it were for the gentleman on Pin the, the Champ. champ. <laughs> Oh my god, that's oh, fucking fuck. hilarious. That should be our commercial. <laughs> that should be our and commercial. And that's Kevin. That's Kevin Pierpoint. <laughs> yes, yes. We're teaching oh. him so much about life. Oh, he's our so. he's we're he's our child and we're raising him. That's hilarious. So getting into the actual action of the night for Monday Night Raw, I almost cannot uh even get that's so funny. I have no idea, that's, man. That's hilarious. No, that was hilarious. Uh, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to run down this, uh, this in-ring action by lowlights, highlights, uh, starting off for me, uh, usually, you know, me and you song, we talk about anytime we get to see Bam Bam is a good time. Uh, right. But this time there was especially a when he's hitting women. Ooh, yeah. No, not a yeah, fan. Not, not a fan. A fan guys. This, was a, this was a low light to me. This is oh, songs highlight, but song loves domestic abuse. <laughs> So I don't really know what Bam Bam's issue with Sherry was, <laughs> but I just never have been a, a fan of guy wrestlers laying their hand on on female talent. I just yeah, you weren't yeah. a fan of Bubba Ray Dudley putting uh, Stacy Keebler and stuff through tables. Oh I yeah, mean, as 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 shocking as it was, and as you know, sometimes as a wrestling fan, you have to remind yourself sometimes shocking isn't good, you know, because we always look for those moments. So, mm -hmm. but you have to like. I just feel like it sends forth a bad, like inter, like intergender. I agree. Wrestling. Like I just, as a as somebody who tries to be somewhat of a gentleman, was raised by my grandmother. Uh, you know, like I, I just can't help but but think that it's it's setting the wrong example, especially that '90s stuff because they would just, it, yeah, it, like what That's Bam what Bam was, was doing to Sherry was like looked a lot like real abuse. I mean, she's just he's like grabbing her by the hair and she's well, on her, you know. For me, it's like, I, and I won't lie, like I, I, I didn't think about it when I was a kid. Yeah, and like now as an adult, I'm I I don't know. It just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like I just I feel like. It doesn't it, it for me, it's like rape scenes in entertainment. Like I just mm. I don't feel like it's super duper necessary. It can be implied and be fine. Yeah, like I'm like like uh, well, especially like with Game of Thrones where they added rape scenes. I'm just like, why? That's right. like mm, I don't know. Right. And and that, so that's the that's the same for me. I realize like art can be interpreted any kind of way, right. and like right. I'm and not there, telling another person a... how it should be. Just for me, it was a low life. 
and there is also a place i will say like on on a, on a personal sense there is a place for in art to show shocking things that happen to kind of shock you into saying oh this shit's real this is something that needs our attention but as a wrestling trope i think it can be left out well also it's like not- it, and and maybe it should be used on a higher scale a higher i would say yeah, right a higher like, scale like higher if bam bam right. was like a face like this huge face like if we were watching um who oh, who's the biggest face at this fucking point um Tatanka? Uh, <laughs> at that point, uh, at that point, it would have been Hart, Brett the Hitman Hart. Right? Brett, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, we fucking come back and we we see Brett hitting a a, a lady backstage, yeah. and that's like his turning point into a heel. Like again, like I don't, I don't love using big, big stuff. But at like least that. we're moving least it in the right direction. It's, it's it's used as like a. Hey, this is so fucking terrible that it turned the faceest face into uh, a heel. But speaking of Tatanka, I also, I also, yeah, I also thought that Tatanka and Sherry is a weird pairing. I never really understood that. Tatanka comes out here to save Bam Bam Bigelow uh, during the segment, and I know to save Sherry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Bam. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. To save no, Sherry. he he wants to stop Bam Bam from being a domestic abuser. He's like, Bam, this isn't you, Bammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, all in all, like I just was reminded here that oh yeah, this is where Tatanka pairs with Sherry, which I always thought was just such a oh, thrown together I, pairing. Like, didn't the oh. pairing started at WrestleMania though? Yes, like, yeah, it was during when, that. Uh, what Luna was yep. attacking Sherry and it was Sean, Sean versus Tatanka. Yeah. If I'm not wrong, it's because Tatanka doesn't sound like a Native American stereotypically sounds for the like like and so like they you know when you hear Tatanka talk, you know it's not the the racist caricature, mm-hmm. and I think maybe because of that people are are like it's like when you hear Yokozuna talk and it's Rodney and it's not like you know the Japanese menace Yokozuna because Rodney is actually Samoan and, and talks like, you know, he, he loves hip hop. Yeah. It, it, yep. So it, it's, it's like when you, when you listen to, uh, to talk a talk, you know, he's not, you know, how kind of bullshit. Right. And, yeah. and I think because of that, they may have wanted to give him a mouthpiece. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe so. And I like, like still a fucking, I, 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 I always got the feeling that like, They never really put a lot of like they had a lot of faith in Tatanka as a worker. Obviously, like with the street. How yeah. how many memorable Tatanka promos can you think of? Oh, how many zero. how many in general Tatanka promos can you remember? Well, and if you Not think s- about it, on the back end of his career, he was mostly in tag teams with yeah, a, a yeah. mouthpiece, Jim Cornette, or you know other people. So I think what you're saying holds IRS respect. Yeah, he exactly. was when he was a heel. He was with IRS, who That's does true. like you know the tax cheat and cheat tax cheat and fool fool tax know. cheat. Mm-hmm. And we know he can uh, he can talk. So you know you're very true, very true. Uh, moving along though, my other uh, I'd say low light uh, of the the evening uh, before we get to the highlights. I, and I do agree with you, Kyle. Earlier you said. Overall, a really good match. I'd say there were more highlights than lowlights because I only have this other complaint. Uh, the Typhoon versus Baron Von Crush match to me was, you know, just kind of throwaway. Hacksaw gets on the phone during this match with commentary. He's hyping his match next week with Shawn Michaels. 
Um, him and Heenan were, of course, gold going back and forth. Heenan was calling him like a cross-eyed half-wit moron and, and all this. I resemble stuff. that comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you know, I just want to say, like, if I'm not mistaken here, this was the, was this the main event? Or was it? It was. I think it was. It was the last match. Yeah. So and it was just that, used to put over another, you know, uh, program that they were building. I'm, so. I'm going to argue that, that this was more of a Baron Von Crush match than it was a Typhoon match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like Baron Von Crush was more on the offense, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. control of the match the most of the time mm-hmm. until the end. Yeah. I mean, I, I could agree with that. He definitely, you know, he was definitely. Uh, getting offense in there and then type well, it was his, just not it was set. not the squash match that you know you normally see with jobbers like this was handled like a regular match like baron von crush is this person that we should be known and familiar with and like on the scale of competitive with typhoon mm-hmm. the fooner that's Hulk hogan's best friend yeah that at this point yeah, yeah he is one of his best yeah. friends if not so best, like now. yeah so like because because naturally Who Hogan would be a, von Crush. Is he a new up and comer? Yeah. He ends up being right. Baron von Crush ends up being Big Vito, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. But like they're making him, I feel like maybe I'm wrong. It felt like more of like a mid-card versus he was putting in Virgil offense. Yeah. 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 At least. In, yeah. Virgil or Tito Santana type Tito Santana offense level, I would say. Yes, very. Yeah, it was it was basically what I'm saying is it was weird to me because it was more of a a more competitive match than a jobber match. You think it should have been a squash, right? I mean, if match the typhoon match, if it's not if it's not going to be a squash, then why isn't it with a named wrestler? There you go. All right. Moving on to the highlights of the show for me. Um, the show open, the show opener was fine. Damian Demento, I always like seeing a crazy bad gimmick from the '90s, and then yeah, uh, Mr. Randy Mr. Orton stole his gimmick. I was I just fucking. That was the next thing I was gonna say. I the literally on my uh, on my uh, my notes here, Demento was really playing up the voices in his head gimmick. Wait a minute, that moment you realize Randy Orton stole someone's <laughs> gimmick. I just realized. My bad. No, no, it's fine, dude. Like that's that's the point. I think it's great. Like you yeah. thought the same fucking thing. So that's a, a totally fucking amazing. Um, I do want to say that I don't think Damian Demento deserves a Mister Perfect strap down gimmick, right? You know, to me that yeah. Mister Perfect when Mister Perfect puts Let's the say strap for down. Like a yeah, big time. I, that's that's what like that's a good. I would say that. This was the most competitive Demi Demento match so far that so I've far. ever watched. That's fair to say. But again, still, Demento got some good offense in too in this match. Yeah, kind of Demento like, to me sure. is not straight jobber. I know we've talked about this before. Mm. I feel like Demento, he's got a character. He, I think he had some not great vignettes, but maybe like some backstage segments or something. So I don't consider him jobber jobber. I know that we have some disagreements on this. Wasn't well, the it thing about the thing about Damian Demento is he heals if he, he hears voices in his head, they counsel him. They counsel him. I like yeah. it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so, oh yeah, we, we can't leave this match without saying, Mister Perfect, 
he won this with a perfect plex, of course. Voices in my head. I'm Damien in the dread. So next match. Uh, originally, this next one was like going to be, it was borderlining going to be on my low lights list because Lex Luger, I've told you, not my favorite guy. Sexy Kona, Lexi, baby. Kona Crush, not my favorite guy. Uh, I think the match would have been a low, uh, low light for me if not for the shenanigans. Uh, I First of all, I thought the graphic of Lex's bionic elbow was super funny. I, I thought it was <laughs> like, hilarious. Look, you can see the... Uh, I the thought that was awesome. Because right. I thought that was like... like thought it, you thought it looked legit? Yes. Are you kidding me? I thought it looked so cheesy. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I yeah, mean, I'm on the, I mean, the cheesy train too. Wait, wait, wait. Are I, we, I'm on the cheesy train. I love it. Am, am I just an idiot? And I thought that was his real bite. Like, I, uh, plate Kyle, was, Kyle was looking forward at the TV, like, oh my God. I wish I could do that. Thing. Here's the thing I did not pay that much attention to <laughs> okay. it. So I got to okay. But like I thought they were, sh- I thought it was like a real. This is where I'm going to be a Sawyer. I thought it was a real. Uh, I, uh, I thought it was a real bionic thing. Uh, I thought it was a shoot. Uh, so, um, so this match to me was too test of strength and bear hug centric to be great. Uh, slow and plotting between two big dudes. I will say that as far as the match goes, the power slam by Luger was the highlight for me. Love seeing that Luger power slam. Uh, at one point, I thought it was funny that Crush no sold a boot by Luger. Uh, like he totally no sold it. Uh, but as far as the shenanigans go, this is what made it a highlight for me. I love the little piece of uh, artwork that was uh, that was Crush almost winning. I mean, he's. Li- I-, I was surprised that Lex agreed to be Kona Crush twice, and then he would have <laughs> won, except he the little piece of art that was him totally letting go to look in the balcony corner at doink one and stare at doink one while doink looks back waves and uh, points at doink two on the, on the other balcony to distract, uh, uh, to distract crush long enough for Lex to hit his super cool looking bionic elbow uh, on, uh, on crush. Uh, I'm sorry. So, like I, I get crushed is supposed to be a meathead, but right. why did they make him so how stupid? Stupid. Yeah, how he's stupid like he so not. He has the big. submission in. He has the submission in. Just hold it. Doing his way at the balcony, he can't interfere with you. Right from up there, like right. just finish your match. But nope, let go of the submission. And then he held the rope open, calling Doink to come into the ring. Like, yeah, you're an absolute moron. He gets hit by the bat on the back of the head with a Luger elbow and gets counted out. Uh, you know what I just got a Lex vision is of the best seller in the game. You, you know what I got a vision of though, uh, Kyle, when, when, uh, when song was just talking, um, to us about <laughs> what crush did wrong. I imagine song is like crush's manager after the match. <laughs> He's like yelling at him. He's like, first of all, first of all, yeah. <laughs> like, in the Kona Crush, he's like Doink twice. All, he's like Doink was all the way in the balcony. You did not even have to pay attention to him. C- crush, crush, sweetheart, look at me. There are not two of the clowns. There were yes, only one of moron. them. One of them is a fake. One of them is a fake, sir, sir. Oh, and then just walking. Did you see two doinks? Yeah. Are there two doinks? 
<laughs> next highlight for me was uh the jason knight versus mr hughes match and that's primarily because i always love a, a good debut and I, uh, this was of course mr hughes raw debut nothing special really about the match just a quick uh, squash match probably the same kind of match maybe that's why they didn't want to do a typhoon squash matches because they knew they were going to have mr hughes later uh doing a squash match on jason knight uh he basically wins by pinfall hughes is like one of the worst workers i think i've ever seen (laughs) just garbage garbage lazy i've never seen but i do like his ring attire i think the sunglasses are a cool gimmick oh yeah definitely wrestling in sunglasses is kind of cool he had sunglasses, a, uh, he had uh, slacks and uh, mm. shirts and but a tie. No He's like another tie. IRS. Yeah, no, I feel like he looks like, like a like a bouncer at a club. Yeah, or like big bad Leroy Brown for, right? type kind of thing. Or like, that's probably what they're he, going for. Because um, everything's an occupation back then. He looks like a men in black or... Uh, a blues brother. A blues brother. I was about to say, yeah, or like a, blue, a blues brother. <laughs> Uh, so he wins with that choke slam, and then we get a smoking guns vignette as well, right? Uh, oh, that smoking guns vignette, right? Yeah, gotta be a highlight. The fucking highlight. I would have honestly, you come to me now and pitch me a show with Bart and Billy Gunn as cowboys, <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. You're like, I'm They're both like, well, Bart Gunn is a charisma vacuum, and right. Billy Gunn. <laughs> Has enough charisma for the both, both of them, maybe. So I remember <laughs> as a kid, I hated like cowboy gimmicks. It wasn't my thing. So I did not like these guys coming in, but I always loved a good vignette and I still do. That's like still one of my favorite things. So um, I think if they came in nowadays, I would just appreciate the fact that they're a real tag team enough that I would like them. They'd be like my favorite tag team. If they came in like- today, they would have them feud with Tatanka. Cowboys and, and Native Americans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like I I think because I'm an adult now, I like uh, like I you're right. I hated cowboy shit when I was a kid. Uh and like country music bullshit and all that kind of stuff. Cowboy yeah. shit. But, but now adults, I like yeah. as an adult, I'm like, Appreciate no, I actually yep. like this shit. This is cool. Yeah. Um aesthetically at least i don't know about like the like the like the history of like you know (laughs) yeah mm, that kind of stuff but like but like the aesthetics are cool and i like watching wrestlers in jeans and cowboy boots beat the shit out of other people because i think like i'm like oh that looks like like i've i have a pair of cowboy boots and i'll tell you this if i was to kick somebody with a pair of cowboy boots even with a work kick it would fucking hurt so like is it a loaded boot Oh, that's oh, that'd be sweet. Oh, there's a demon in this boot. There's a devil in this boot. <laughs> All right, man. But uh, and another thing that this vignette I couldn't help but and anytime I really see the smoking guns because it's such a contrast is just because I didn't watch wrestling at the time. I, I watched when the smoking guns came in, but not when he won Brawl for All. So it's always funny to me that juxtaposition of seeing like Bart Gunn as like a, a horse riding cowboy and then pew, thinking pew, that pew, he pew, legitimately pew, knocked pew, out pew. Dr. Death, like that he legitimately just took out Dr. Death and ended his career, which is sad. Like, I hate that Dr. Death's career kind of ended it brawl for all, but it is such a crazy juxtaposition, right? Yeah. I think um, I think that like they... I, I I feel bad for the Young Guns because they're both actually pretty talented 
not the young guns, the smoking guns. Smoking guns. Young yeah. guns would have been a better that's nickname. A that's a that's a movie. Young gun. Yeah, it was a movie. Yeah. Mm, with uh, yeah, that's the the one with with Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen, right? Yeah. Uh, Billy the Kid them. movie. Yeah. yeah. They they should have just gone for the fucking uh, TM. You know, just called them the Young Guns, but with two ends. Yeah, I remember that WCW guys right they, that would the yeah see mm-hmm. that would have been a better that's a better that's a better i think that's but because the smoking guns unless they were like like uh rasta themed like <laughs> my boy rasta <laughs> cowboys hey we are the smoking guns <laughs> exactly uh, oh my god Saul so loved that idea look at his face <laughs> look at him he he's didn't like, even move he's like he turning off like, his camera yeah, he he's, he's, <laughs> he's like, like songs like no way like, I, I don't turn I don't I go can't. off cam for anything. Yeah. Say, but I can't keep <laughs> my face straight. All right, so last but not least, guys, as far as my highlights of the night goes, is the Shawn Michaels interview. Of course, back in the day during these Raws, I had forgotten, but Vince did most of these interviews, and he's interviewing Michaels again here. Uh, Vince McMahon is teasing a match with Mister Perfect, uh, but said uh, next week though. Michaels will be facing Hacksaw Jim Duggan for the Intercontinental title. Um, you know, uh, longtime rivals. <laughs> Jim Duggan. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Michaels. But uh 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 but yeah, uh Michaels versus Duggan uh, for the IC belt. We know that 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 Michaels is no spoilers here, guys, but we know that Duggan is not a former IC ti- uh, champion. Let's just wait, wait, you mean you mean Duggan doesn't win? <laughs> the Hacksaw loses? <laughs> so I do want to mention here that that Sean had enough heat, man. He didn't even have to try. He got so much heat from this New York audience that stuff was being thrown at him. And I mentioned uh, before, like, hey, if you got stuff being thrown at you, you're Major you're doing heat. something right. You know what I mean? As a heel. Um, and and uh, and I thought they were chanting uh, Sean is dead. Turns out they weren't. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no, they weren't. Uh, but, uh, one thing that I can't get over, and I remember we talked about it in a previous episode, uh, they showed again, the spot where, uh, Sean hits Mr. Perfect, you know, those big gray trash cans, like industrial size ones. Yeah. And he like nails him right on the bridge of the nose with that thing, dude. Those things are heavy. I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that Sean would have had some real heat for me if he had landed those big ass, <laughs> unless they were gimmick too. And, and WWE is just that good but to me they look like legit big ass gray trash cans well this was definitely one of those segments that reminded me how different things were in the 90s than things are now oh yeah you know the casual use of like the f word and and stuff like that like it it is way more common and that's something we should let our listeners know like hey right like not as not so much on the network they do a pretty good job of tidying it up or something yeah like, like making mm-hmm. it sound like they're saying Sean is I, dead because i feel like that's what <laughs> they did is is they made it sound like that because i didn't catch that but now i kind of want to look again because yeah but, let us know what they really said but yeah find it find that episode that's not on the network and um you'll hear it it's something to kind of be aware of and be conscious and, of and, and hey because be, like you know be happy we're moving in the right direction on that. oh absolutely you know that absolutely you know i don't think you know i mean what what was it aew band uh, a fan for like 
having a a, a, a sign with like uh, transphobic stuff on it. I think uh, good, or, on uh, good on them. Then I, I, I think you shouldn't be going like to an AEW show if you don't know that's fucking dumb. Well, and and that's you know? and that's like you know something to know that I just want our fans to be aware of is, yeah. is, is to like unfortunately this is still a, this is still a thing still in the nineties. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, like you know, just be mindful of that. Like it's you know weird, but because he's just a sexy boy. He's just a sexy. He, look, he's not your boy toy. Yeah, you know he's just a sexy boy. He's the guys, got the looks. Yeah, that that he's got the looks that drive. Wait, no, he's got the wild. move. He's, he's got, got the, the moves yeah. that really move him. That really move him. He's got <laughs> the looks that drive the girls wild. Jimmy Hart. I, we really need to do a retrospect on like the lyricist that is Jimmy Hart because like I feel like Jimmy Hart wrote some of the greatest themes of all times and like they have very like I wouldn't I would don't want to call them poignant but like almost poetic I would I would I would go as far to say poetic lyrics as as the moves that really move them like well, that's a that's a kind of clever it's clever wordplay and i like that he, he wrote words in rhyme that really kind of biographed the performer and told the story of who they were as they in the time frame that they could walk down to the ring that's an art form right yeah yeah <laughs> there you go so this brings us to that all-important time in our episode the show is over we've talked about all the segments we want to know what our, our pinheads think, but it's time for us to let them know what we think in our uh, Meltzer Skelter. Meltzer Skelter. <laughs> All right. So we'll go ahead since the professor is coming back this week. Yeah. We'll have him go ahead and run down the show for us and just tell us what he, you know, what is his opinion is. What is his <laughs> Meltzer Skelter <laughs> rating? You know, this uh, for this episode. You know, the, I, 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 I think, I think the the fine folks at uh, the 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 Federation. You're not going to see a lot of red marks on your paper this week because the professor is pleasantly surprised. Uh, only a few missed marks for me. Uh, the the highlights include. Uh, the the typhoon and Baron von Crush match, okay. uh, and for me the only real low light was I don't like like we kind of discussed earlier watching Bammer beat up mm. Sherry. Mm. Uh, I did Agree. I did like watching the altercation between Tatanka and Bammer. I thought Tatanka had a really cool drop kick on uh, Bammer, and you know uh, I thought the Damian Demento. Mr. Perfect got I, I I like got the most competitive match out of Damian Demento that I've ever seen. Um I really liked the Lex Luger bit with his uh arm. I I thought he was showing a lot of personality and really selling for this match. Uh <clears throat> Mr. Hughes was like a medium for me. It's uh didn't lose any points, didn't gain any points. Um Smoking Guns was back when they really put money into the vignettes. And I I really enjoyed that. I thought they looked like two tough 
tough boys, two tough cowboys, bing, 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 hiya. <laughs> um, and then the Michaels, you know, interview, like you said, you know you're doing something right when you're getting that reaction from the crowd. Uh, overall, this is, I think, going to be the first A episode. Wow. What? Wow. Nice. Surprise. Surprised by the professor. That's awesome. Hey, wow. Would you say that's an easy A song or would you say it's a warranted A? So that, that's a good segue to your uh, your 10, 10 scale rating, right? Is that what yeah, those are called? Officially? One to 10 scale on oh. a scale of one to 10. What would I give this episode? Um, if it's not a 10, then we have a different. It's not a 10. Then we're not really. Near well, no, because an A, A A qualifies as 90 through 100. That's, right. Okay, so if it's not like a... It's not near a six, 10 for me at all. We're probably like, looking okay. at... I think the lack of a true main event hurts the score for me. Uh, right. The fact that they use the main event to push another program annoys that, me. That doesn't bother me because that happens all the time. But not to the scale but, but of the having first, the other guy the first called part, in, you know. The first that, part bothers yeah. me. The first part bothers me. The jobber match is a main event. I didn't like yeah, that. Really yeah, I mean, I I just don't like it when you push a program on when you have something else going on that's supposed mm-hmm. to be your main event. Mm-hmm. But um, the Michaels interview saved the show a bit. So we'll probably go six. Point five. It's got a 6.5 6. Five on the yeah. on the song scale. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That and, is an A. You that is it is apparently Apparently anything can be an you A. You cannot do that. Oh wow. Anything the professor can be an a, apparently. The professor has broken. I'm sorry. This was I, a pretty good episode. This the, I, the no, I would say it was a good episode. I want to point out that the professor broke an unwritten rule that has never been spoken out loud, but I say he broke it anyway, which is for him to give a 10 scale rating. Or because I because I remember uh, last week, I remember yeah. last week Song asked me. What would I venture to think that Kyle would have scored this episode and I wouldn't do it? I said, I can't do that. <laughs> I said, I can't. Well, do it. I'm not I'm not giving a <laughs> you're review. not doing your official review. You're yeah, not, it's not. An, that's not my crazy. official score. I'm saying you're just saying he's that, crazy that he is at least two points off <laughs> on what that is. I don't think I am. I don't think I am. I think I've graded perfectly where it needed to be. OK, it's not that. I mean, there's nothing in the show that would give it anything higher than the six five. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's B minus. Let's see where I. <laughs> he said I would have been. Oh, they've each scored each other now. Oh, it's become a thing. Oh, it's become a thing. Uh, all right, so. I talked a lot about, I mean, you guys heard where my stuff landed. In, oh, in, I'm in sorry. I forgot to mention no hope with dope. How the fuck could I forget? There was no hope with dope in this segment. How could you? For, mm, sorry, Jeremiah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but okay. come on. No hope with dope. I heard my Aunt Gregory. It was She's cool. crying. I haven't seen her since the family picnic. 
we know what gets uh we know it gets she was egg. dead the whole time we she know. was dead you guys because she did dope there was no hope in the dope because she did the dope she was the dope <laughs> we uh we know how to get an a out of the professor <laughs> oh my poems, god poems and essays <laughs> <laughs> so uh for me man you guys heard my uh you know where everything landed for me during the episode pretty much just as a reminder i felt like everything was pretty much a highlight i enjoyed everything uh except for the uh for the exact same reason song said why is this a main event i feel like there should always be a good main event and then the whole bam bam you know luckily it was just a segment right it was just like they're showing the segment from I think it was Superstars or some other show. Yeah. But uh, but at any rate, I don't need to see that. Anytime I see, especially a wrestler that I like seeing give the flying headbutt, he's about to give the flying headbutt to Sherry. I don't want to see that shit. Uh, so those are my only two lowlights. So on my star scale, it being a pretty damn good episode. I agree with Kyle. Pretty damn good episode, but not not a good i agree it gets 3.5 stars for me 3.5 that's it songs looking at me like i'm crazy kyle's looking at me like i'm crazy none of us are friends anymore and on that (laughs) note we will end the episode guys good night good good i think this is the first time we've all uh this is the most disagreed we've ever been on an episode as always thank you so much for listening now we want to hear from you you can hit us up at pin the champ podcast at gmail.com we're also on twitter and instagram at pin the champ 123 and our google voice number is 804-446-1139 we can't wait to hear from you